Well, it was on a case. It was a it was an odd situation. It was a collar that just sounded really weird. And hello, is this Ollie the octopus? Yeah. I have a strange noise coming from a wall in my house, and I would like you to investigate. It was all very strange. But Ollie's like, you know, whatever. I can't judge on people just because they've got weird-sounding voices. And they got there. It was also weird. And the lady... I mean, honestly, if Ollie really had to admit it to himself, it looked like somebody in an old lady costume. But he was trying not to judge people by their appearances, but trying also to be a good detective. And it was a really hard decision, but he decided to go ahead and, you know, investigate what the lady was telling him was the problem. So she led him over by this one wall, which is kind of on the living room, and said, here's where the noise is. You can, you can hear it if you listen carefully. It doesn't happen all the time, though. And well, that's what happens. There's this grating here, this, this register. And um, yeah, I was thinking that maybe since you're so flexible, you could sneak your way in there and, and maybe figure out what it is and help me deal with it. I don't, it's weird. I just want to live a quiet life in my apartment and not bother anyone. I thought, all right, all right, that's straightforward enough. He'd brought his flashlight. So he got his flashlight out, and he got his screwdriver. And he unscrewed the register. It's like a pretty standard, you know, heating, air conditioning duct cover thing. And pulled it off, and it came off just fine. I was shown his flashlight in there. And he couldn't see much. It just kind of looked like an empty space. Seemed to have metal walls. It was about the size of oh, let's see, like a like twice. No, no, about the same size as the uh, the pots and pans cabinet in our kitchen. Cool. It's not a huge space, but not tiny either. I said, well, I don't see anything in there, ma'am. Well, it's got to be something in there. It's making such a weird noise. It's not making it right now, but I mean, do be careful. I don't want you to get hurt, but. It's got to be something in there. I said, all right, all right, I can let me go in there and take a look. And he stuck his flashlight in there. And he stuck his head in there, and he still couldn't really see anything. So he decided to go all the way in and see what he could see. Maybe there was some other entrance, like it was just a weird distribution chamber for the ductwork or something. I'd never seen anything quite like it. So he got himself all the way in there. I said, are you all the way in? Do you, do you see anything? I said, I'm all the way in, but it's weird. It's just this empty space. Looks like it's got metal walls. I don't really know what to think of this. And then he heard it loud, ka-chunk. said, oh, what was that? And he looked, and the hole he'd gone through was gone. I said, hey. Hey, what's going on out there? The, the entrance has disappeared. And this time a different voice answered. Said, well, Ollie, I'm sorry to say you fell for my trap. I said, no. Baron Wilhelm. 
said, yes, it's me, Baron Wilhelm. I'm back in town for another heist, and I didn't want you getting in my way this time. So I rented this apartment and had my best contractor build in this cage into this wall. Pretty flawless, huh? Looks like a, looked like a straight-up wall, didn't it? I said, yeah, I mean, I didn't even think to investigate the outside of the wall. Um, yeah, it looked normal. So there's some sort of trap door, and as soon as I was inside, you flipped a switch and it closed. I said, yep, that's long and short of it. I guess my costume must have been pretty good. I said, you know, I was suspicious, but uh, yeah, no, I'll admit it. You fooled me. So what happens now? Well, nothing happens now for you. You're going to sit there in that box until I've done my heist and been on my way. I'm going to steal the the great diamond and the pretty good ruby from the Natural History Museum. And hey, while I'm there, I might take a few other precious gems. I said, huh? That's quite a bold heist. I can see why you didn't want me hanging around. I said, yes, yes, I'm excited about it. I've been planning for, oh gosh, three quarters of a year now. I know how to get through the security gates past the security guards, to the doors, I mean. Figured out a pattern I can walk where I can avoid the cameras. I'll wear a mask anyway. And the last piece was to make sure that my old nemesis didn't get wind that I was in town and figure out what I was planning to steal like you did last time. Get in my way. I said, well, yeah. I guess you've got this all sorted out. So then what happens to me? With you, well, you're a professional, and I mean you no harm. So the job will take me about 24 hours from this point. So after 30 hours, there's a timer. And the door will open back up and you'll be free to go and I'll be long gone. Uh, I said, it's not supposed to sit here for 30 hours. No food, no water. I said, oh, yes, I, I meant to. Hold on, let me flip that switch. And he, uh, more of a lever, really. And he heard kind of another ka-chunk. much quieter this time. And... A little, little hole opened up in the side of the cage, and kind of a metal straw, about the size of, uh, you know, just like, like about the size of a contractor pencil, came through. I said, "Seriously, is that a, is that a hamster water bottle?" Well, it's not a hamster water bottle. It's it's actually the type meant for, well, it's meant for ferrets. It's bigger. Plenty of water for you. At least to keep you safe for 30 hours. Like I said, I don't mean any harm. I said, I'm not sure locking me in a little box with a little bit of water counts as not meaning any harm. 
said, well, I didn't say that's going to be comfortable for you, but you've made things very uncomfortable for me on a number of occasions. So I guess I don't feel too guilty about locking you in a box for 30 hours. You might be thirsty at the end, you might be hungry, but you're going to be unharmed, bored, I suppose. Tired if you can't sleep, but basically unharmed. I said, well, um, come on, man, you got to stop doing this stuff. Honestly, look, if you just didn't come into my town, then we wouldn't have these problems. Ah, but your town's got such good stuff, and I want to take it. And now I am, and you can't do anything to stop me. I said, did you ever get your driver's license back? I said, no, I did not, thanks to you. They took my driver's license away, and they did not give it back, so I have to take down the public transportation, but it's fine. It'd be a little awkward to have a bunch of stolen property riding up on the mark in the afternoon, but whatever. Whatever. I'll figure it out. I said, all right, well, I got to admit, Wilhelm, you got me pretty good here. I said, yes, well, I know you have a weakness for helping people. Anyway, I'm off to do my last bit of preparations. So you hang tight in there, and in just a little bit I'll be off. So I looked around at the situation. I knew he wasn't in any real danger, because although a thief, Baron William was honest. If he said that the trap was deadly, he would have meant it. And if he said that it wasn't his design not to get, make any permanent harm, then it won't give me permanent harm, or it isn't intended to anyway. But was it all that he said, or was there a way out? All I had to think, think, think. He tried, he found the area where the door was, where the opening was, and tried to shove it, pull it, tried to wrench it open with a screwdriver that he had in his bag. It wasn't moving. I think it was solid steel and maybe held down by some sort of mechanism, probably some kind of electronic solenoid lock. And I didn't want to press too hard on it, because if he broke that mechanism, he could be trapped longer. And it sounded like Baron Wilhelm wouldn't be sticking around to make sure he got out. He looked at all the corners, and they were all welded very tight. There weren't any screws to unscrew. And then I looked up at the water bottle. And you got to give a broad, mischievous smile. It's one thing that Ollie had noticed when he was looking around all around the box is that there was not a window for a camera. So Baron Wilhelm was not looking in on him in the cage. The Baron would assume that Ollie was stuck in this cage until he got a little notification that the cage door had opened. But he wasn't actively monitoring Ollie at least not by video. So Ollie poked a little bit at the water bottle, out the straw leading to the water bottle. He ran some water out, and Ollie actually was kind of thirsty, so he said, ah, you know, don't need to stand on ceremony. And he drank a little bit. And then he pushed it. And it was hanging pretty free. You could push it. He could push it back out through the hole. And that's when Ollie knew he had his way out.
So he pushed the bottle free and kind of shoved it off to the side, and he stuck his tentacle through. It's the thing that Wilhelm failed to take into account is that octopuses are very, very squishy and stretchy. And he started... Squeezing his way through, tentacle by tentacle, bit of body by body, until there he was, outside of the box, inside of the wall, but outside of the box. With his flashlight there, he could tell that he was just kind of inside a fairly regular wall. So he had to be sneaky if he was going to get out without making a stir. He looked around, he climbed around in there, trying to be quiet, until he came to an outlet. Using the screwdriver that he had with him, he was able to pry the outlet box away from the stud, push the outlet box forward out, out onto the wall, on the opposite side of the room that he'd come in before, hoping that Baron Wilhelm wasn't in the room that he was pushing out this outlet into. He got it open enough that he could get through. It was a tight squeeze, but then again, he just squeezed himself through a much smaller space. So again, he squished his way through. This time through a square hole instead of a round hole, but otherwise the same. Until he was out in the room. And that is where Ollie saw a very useful thing. It looked for all the world like there was a black bag it was full of tools and other things. Supplies. A job bag. So without another thought, Ollie made sure his phone was charged so he'd have that resource, and slipped his way into the bag. And there he waited, at the bottom of the bag, being very sneaky. Well, about 15 minutes later, he felt the bag pick up. And Wilhelm grunted, Ugh, man, hope I need all this stuff. It's like a pain to carry. And he felt the bag being carried down the hall and then slung over the, a shoulder. He was pretty well sure what he felt. And he could feel Wilhelm walking. He must be walking. Must be walking. Oh, he's walking to the train. So I said, I'm going to have a little while to wait here. So he waited as, as Wilhelm rode on the train, got off the train, got under the metro, got under the metro, and there all he could tell where he was because he could hear the announcements. And as he uh, got off at the Smithsonian station, there he heard Wilhelm just sort of talking to himself, saying, all right, Closed for the day for repairs and renovations, just like I'd seen. There shouldn't be anybody there other than the contractors and the security guards. Maybe a few dozens hanging around. He felt the bag being picked up again, and some scratching and scratching sounded like a metal door. And then a lock slid open. And all he could tell from the sounds that he was no longer outside. Was inside, and he heard the kachunk of the door closing. Well, he waited and bided his time. But he got out his phone, and he sent some text messages to a 
with his well on silent, mind you, to his contact in the D.C. police. He said, I am tailing a burglar breaking into the Natural History Museum, trying to get his hands on some high-end specimens. We are currently in some sort of sub-basement. Please alert the Red Authorities. We might not have much time. He thinks no one knows he's here. Stop. No. And he hoped for the best. He got a response back saying, on our way. I said, all right, let's see how this goes. And he relayed to the officer which gems the guy said he was going to steal. You're trudging up steps, and then very sneaky, sort of hoppy walking. And then all of a sudden, they were shouting, You! You're there! You're not supposed to be here! Drop that bag! I said, oh, I don't say drop the bag. And he felt the spin around. And then another, more shouting. We've got you surrounded. We knew you were going to be here. There's police both entrances, and there's only two ways out of this room. So you might as well give up now. And then here William said, Wilhelm say, fine, fine. And he dropped his bag. Oof, all I said. Then Wilhelm groaned. He said, no. No, 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 no. You can come on out now, Ollie. And then an officer's, the officer that Ollie had contacted said, yeah, Ollie, you can, you can come out. He's given up. We've got his, we've got his hands zip tied behind his head now. I said, actually, I can't. The bag is zipped around me, but if you unzip the bag, I would like to get out of here now. So one of the officers came over and unzipped the bag, and out came Ollie, right in front of Wilhelm. Wilhelm said, how did you do it? You foiled me again, and this this is going to be, I'm probably going to jail now. And I said, yeah, you're going to jail. How did you do it, Ollie? Well, I said, if I told you that, it might not work next time. That trap was good, but it wasn't quite good enough. And that was the case of Ollie and the secret trap. <laughs>